Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 10-11, it's a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. 17th day of July, 2023. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL as we continue to tick our way through the summer. We'll recap the weekend in a little bit. Why not talk some hockey in July? Joining us, our good friend, the great Pat Micheletti. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Bruce. And, of course, we can always talk hockey, right? right? I mean... I mean, that's, that's uh, the world we live in now. It's it just, uh, there's news all the time. Well, and there's always something going on. I mean, we have the big AAA tournaments in town yep. this weekend. Uh, it, it, it's, it's as much a year-round sport as, as it's ever been. So uh, you're asking me off the air if I've been to, to see Minnesota United. We got down there uh, at the end of May. Uh, for a match, and so my wife and son were at a concert on Saturday, and it was over at Target Center. So I, with with the Target Field event Saturday, I said, "Well, I'll just go with you. We'll get a hotel. I'll chauffeur you back and forth, and then I'll just go sit in the hotel while you guys go to the show." And I actually thought about going to the Minnesota United match on Saturday, just buying a ticket and going sitting by myself. And the only reason I didn't was because of the closure of I ninety four. I just felt like that was going to be too much of a of a issue getting back and forth. Well, here's the deal. I, I would be at every game if they would have been lucky enough to be the team that signed Messi. Yeah. but You and but everybody else. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, no, that, that, that certainly would have been um, uh, the deal of the century, wouldn't it? If they, if, if they would have uh, been able to somehow uh, sign that young man. It would have been great. Uh, I will say this. Lionel Messi is is a special player, and, and he is one of those guys. He's one of the greatest of all time. He is going to have yeah. an effect on this league that this league has not seen. I, I think it's going to be a greater impact than what David Beckham made when he signed in, in, in Los Angeles a number of years ago, and is now he's, he's one of the owners of this Miami club. I, I think this is going to be tremendous for Major League Soccer. That said... Uh, Emmanuel Reynoso from Minnesota United is playing at a level that I have never. He's been here now, you know, three, four years, whatever it is. I have not seen him play at the level he is playing at right now. If you like soccer, I highly recommend going and seeing a game when they get back from their break in August because he he is a special talent and and he's one of those guys that you know, we should cherish him here because I don't know how long he's going to be around. Well, you know that that's always difficult to say, and 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 good on him um, because he is a really really good player, and and you know you're 100 percent correct. That, you know, getting Messi involved in the league, I don't I don't care if he plays great. You know, he's getting up there in age, but but the the you know the bottom line is um, that's star power, uh, that's worldwide star power, and that's going to attract. Um, uh, you know, better players from Europe uh, over here, and, and and good for the league. I would agree 100. Uh, percent On the hockey side, Pat, uh, this has been, I, I think, as expected for the Wild off season. We we talked going in. Yep. You know, they just don't have the cap room, right? They they don't. They, they, the, oh. the the cap penalty for the the Suter Parisi buyouts 
is now $14.7 million this year and next year. The salary cap only went up a million dollars as expected. I know there was a tease in November that, that they might raise it a little more than that, but it ends up only being a million bucks. And so the money is just so tight. And in fact, I was listening to, to Russell's podcast last week. They're talking about, you know, Chris O'Hearn might be crunching numbers and sending guys to Iowa when the team's at home and, and, and you know, and, and keeping the roster as short as possible just to save cap room in case they needed at some point because of injuries. Yeah, to save cap room and, you know, to, and to field enough um, players for a particular game. I mean, how many times during the season did we see teams, uh, Vegas, for example, you know, they, they play with one or two less guys because uh, because of the cap problem. And, and uh, you know, and that's why I think our, our, our sport uh, even though the cap is, is is fine, live with it. Um, but you know they, you know they they really ham hamstring teams like Minnesota. Yes, Minnesota made you know uh, you know sign those guys, but then they changed the rules, right? Yep. And now and now they're stuck. And uh, to not be able to adjust um, to make the league better. I mean, Minnesota cannot become a better team this year based on the salary cap and that's that's just the the, the world we live in and uh it's unfortunate but you know uh here's where we are and here's where we will be for the next two years i you know i'm not going to sit here and say that that bill Guerin should or does in any way shape or form regret buying these players out uh, I have been right. st- steadfast on this that I felt like from the day it happened, I felt like it was the right decision. Uh, and one of the reasons was what you just said. So for those that don't know, when Parisian Suter signed those 13-year contracts, at that point, and those were fr- they call them front-loaded deals where uh, the salary that the player was scheduled to make the last couple of years of the deal was was much, much lower than the actual cap hit because the cap hit is based on the average salary over the course of the 13-year contract. And the NHL retroactively went back and changed the rules regarding those types of front-loaded deals to where if Parisian Suter had retired before the deals expired, the Wild would have been hit with just ridiculous salary cap recapture penalties. You know, we're talking combined probably in the twenties of millions of dollars. And Bill Guerin opted for the cost certainty of the buyouts at the time that he did it. That said, my question to you: If that rule does not get changed, if cap recapture is not a thing, are Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter still on this team? Uh, I don't believe so because. Um, you know, I, I think money aside, I, you know, I think they wanted to move on in a different direction, um, you know, for reasons that they can talk about, not that I can, right. because I'm not in that locker room. So, um, you know, I, I, I think they probably uh, would have been moved, uh, would, be my, would, my, would be my guess. Uh, but I'll go back to, to you know, what, what's happening with these teams now. They change the rule, but then they don't help the teams at all, and that's where I, you know, I think uh, where they drop the ball on it. And, you know, it's not only affected Minnesota. You look at, you look at, um, you know, Arizona, right? And and by the way, I think Arizona is building something awfully nice there with the uh, with the players that they've signed and the in the in the draft picks that they have coming uh, in the future. 
here, but but you know they they've been they've been the team that says okay we'll we'll take your bad money and 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 you know guys that are retired and that they're still paying and I I just don't think that's the the proper way to run a business. I would agree, Pat McElwady joining us. So the the wild business here. Pretty close to wrapped up. Uh, Brandon Duhame re-signed yep. yesterday, one times 1.1. Philip Gustafson has an arbitration hearing set for August the 4th, and, and so the deal's going to get done then if it's not done before then. Uh, and, you know, Bill Guerin's never going to admit this publicly, but how frustrated do you think he is that this isn't already done? Oh, I, I, 100%, because, listen, they gave a guy a chance, right? They gave a guy a chance, a guy who was in Ottawa, who was, who was not very good in Ottawa. Now, granted, they weren't a very good team. And they gave him an opportunity uh, to prove himself and, and show that he can play in the league. Uh, and, and it's one year, right? Listen, he had a great year. Let's, let's you, know, I'll, you know, put everything aside. The kid had a great year. And, um, you know, he should be thankful that he got the opportunity. And he should know if he continues – uh, on the progression that he's making, the money is going to be there in a couple of years. I, I, I'm thinking, you know, th- this is not going to make um, uh, anybody happy in that organization that it's taken this long to sign the guy. Will they get it done, uh, you know, either through arbitration or, or signing a deal? Yes. But, um, you know, for, for a situation like this, it, you know, I don't think it, uh, it, it bodes well uh, for him and his standing in the organization. Uh, Kalen Addison has been staying in Minnesota here this summer, working out with some teammates that have stayed back in Minnesota as well. He is also one sign, but that that, that seems like that's going to get done here once they once they get the cost figured out for Gustafson, which is going to be north of $3 million, but probably not quite to $4 million, whether it goes to, to arbitration or not. Kalen Addison was a guy that a lot of people talked about the possibility he was going to get traded here this offseason. Uh, I'm not surprised, Pat, that the Wild haven't moved Kalen Addison because I think there's too much talent there to give up on. Uh, you know, What do you think his role is on this team, ideally in 2023-24? It's not a fit. It, it, in my mind, it's, it, it's simply not a fit. I mean, if you are looking, Bruce, in my opinion, uh, and you look at the size of Minnesota's defense, um, they are not very big. And to put him in the mix in the top six when you already have a Spurgeon, uh, a Brodeen, uh, where's your size? And, and you know, yeah, it, it, it's, it's all cute and fun and all this stuff during the regular season. But when you hit the playoffs, um, it is really, really different. And it's noticeable, and it's been happening. And we praise and praise and praise, oh, this kid's going to be great, and this, this, that, and the other thing. But, but uh, you know, in reality, uh, if, I'm, if I'm Addison, I'm just saying, give me the contract, I'm signing it, and, and, and maybe I can show something for you. But ideally, um, you know, unless you get rid of Jared Spurgeon, uh, which they're probably not going to do because he's your captain and he's got a no move, um, you know, I, I just, I, you know, for me, I, I think it's going to be difficult. And people were thinking, well, you know, why wasn't he moved? Well, you know, maybe there wasn't a market for him. I, I, I don't know. Um, yes, he's skilled offensively. His size hurts him. His defensive, uh, he's a defensive liability uh, back, uh, you know, on the back end. So, you know, for me, Bruce, I got to see more. I, I, I really do if, um, if, he, if, if I'm going to get excited about uh, 
uh, Carolyn Addison. I feel like there's some parallels here with with, with this with, with this conundrum, Spurgeon and Addison, what we saw in St. Louis yeah. here earlier in the summer with Prunovich and, and Tori Krug, and I don't think yep. it's a coincidence that a couple of days after the Blues re-signed Scotty Perinovich and gave him a one-year, one-way deal, that there's rumors he was they were trying to trade Tory Krug to Philadelphia. I don't think those two things are unrelated. No, uh, 100%. And, and, and if you saw Perinovich, and, and listen, you and I can, can, can babble about Perinovich <laughs> till we're blue in the face because that's how good he is. His problem is, has been, uh, you know, unfortunate injuries. Uh, but, but he was fabulous. At, at the World Championships, and he was fabulous uh, two years ago when he hadn't played a game in a month and a half, and he's running their second power play with ease. And uh, so they know what they have in Scott Perunovic. And, uh, and and oh, by the way, he's probably about six million dollars cheaper than uh, than Tory Krug, who who didn't who was a good player. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know when when you know you have a guy like Perunovic who can do the same or more, um, you know, you can see why they tried to uh, save some cap money and, and move to Harry Krug. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you look at, look at Minnesota. Where, where you know, where is um, Addison going to get the minutes, right? I, I just, I, I don't see it, and I, and I don't see the fact that you have two guys the size of, 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 of both of them that it's going to be, um, you know, compatible. So, uh you know, we'll have to see where everything shakes out. It's a fair uh, thing to bring up. Pat McLeodie, our guest, uh, we'll close some college hockey here. And, uh, you know, we had Scott Sandel on the radio show last week. I had uh, Luke Lowheit, the Bulldogs captain this fall, on the radio show last month. And it was interesting because they, they appeared about six weeks apart, right? And yep. you asked them questions, and it was almost as if the answers were identical in some cases. That that what Luke said about you know where, where, what he felt about this past season and what he felt about this summer, what he felt about September camp, pretty much mirrored what Scott Sandlin said last week. And so, to me, that's a start in, in, in heading in the right direction is getting everybody on the same page, looking ahead and, and, and looking beyond what happened last season, trying to learn from it and move on from it. The Bulldogs' first 20-loss season in the decade. Pat, I'll ask you, what do you think are realistic expectations for the Bulldogs as we look ahead to 2023-24 sooner than people want it to be? We're about 80 four-ish days away, I think, from the uh, opener uh, on October 7th. Well, here's the deal. They, they expected to get better goaltending um, or, or, you know, or, you know, or th- that being um, th- that has been great for them in the past 10 years. Uh, there's no question. Um, and they didn't get it. They didn't get good goaltending. They got a young goaltender coming in uh, who I think is going to be very good and he's probably going to push uh, Steve Skull for, for, for some playing time. So they have to get better goaltending. Um, they didn't defend as they, as the way that they typically defend. Now, you and I talked at the beginning of last year. I thought they were going to have um, uh, more guys uh, being able to put the puck in the net. And that didn't come to fruition. And it just it, it, it brings me back, right, how we see Oh, we have this guy coming in. Oh, he's a number one pick or, or a number two pick or a number three pick. You know, high expectations. Got to understand that it takes time for guys to get going. And, and, and any time, Bruce, and I, I say this till I'm blue in the face, 
It takes time to get adjusted. And sometimes, you know, then you don't start winning and things snowball the other way. And, and so, um, I listen, Scott is too good a coach. I think, um, uh, you know, I, I think he does a wonderful job um, at bringing guys along. It's just that sometimes guys want to move faster than they're ready to. And so, um, you know, it's a new year. It's a new attitude. Uh, I, I think uh, the addition of Pionk on, on the blue line is going to give them some offense that they sorely need back there. So, um, you know, you got you have to you have to be optimistic going into every season. I, I think I had a stat. Uh, I did a mid-season or mid-off-season blog a couple of weeks back. You can read it, kdal610.com. I believe the shots on goal per game last year were the highest that UMD's allowed in a single season since 0405. So, you know, this is yeah. a team that shot, shot suppression's always been a thing for this group, and they didn't. You know, you say you say they don't they didn't defend very well last year. That's a great example of it. And and talking to Scott last week, the one thing that that comes to mind as I think about that conversation is he does not think this team last year played aggressively enough, and he'd like to see that change here in twenty twenty three twenty four. Well, let's go back to the year, and it, it's it's unfair to. to to bring this up because all these guys are in the National Hockey League, but but with the decor that, that, that they had with Perunovic and Samberg, yep. and you know the list goes on, right? They get the buck, they get the puck, their heads are up, and and it's one pass and out of the zone. Now, wouldn't and, and if you look at that year, they didn't give up a lot of shots, they didn't give up a lot of goals. So they, you know, people say, "Oh, that's a defensive team." Well, not really. When you get the puck. And you you can make one pass and get out of the zone. Guess what? You're not going to give up a lot of shots. And so I I think that's what Scott means to be more aggressive in, in getting the puck and going and and uh, you know and trying to create from there. Pucks in your zone less. You're not going to give up as much. So um, you know I think that's where you start. And, and obviously um, they've got to get better goaltending. Uh, this season, and, and I think they will. And the other thing is, and, and part of this is circumstance, right? It, it might not have been designed yep. this way, but the sport has gotten older, and it will continue here the next couple of years because you've got more the the rest of the players that are cycling through and playing their fifth years. This is the last th- this coming season. Seniors are the last fourth year seniors that will get the fifth year because this is this is the group that was freshmen uh, during the COVID year. But you. Know, you look at this roster, which was basically finalized. They announced all the players' numbers last week on their social media. And the youngest incoming freshman, Matthew Perkins, uh, from the Youngstown Phantoms last year, won the Clark Cup championship. He is older than two guys that will be sophomores on this year's team. And if Isaac Howard hadn't transferred, he'd be older than three guys that are sophomores on this year's team. That's how young last year's group was. Yeah, and and I tell you what, you know, even going through, uh, you know, you you go through a year, right? And whether it be good or it's bad, uh, the experience that you garner and and to carry that into next year, you're you're going to have a different attitude, and 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 hopefully it's for the better, right? Guys that didn't have a good year um, are are itching to get back and, and reprove themselves. Guys that had a good year, uh, they they want to uh, improve upon that, right? So, um, and and that's what that what that's what's so great about what the college hockey game 
is that, you know, what, what we saw last year, we probably won't see this year. We're going to see a different version of players and, and, and that sort of thing, and, and, and that, that's what makes it so much fun. Pat, you're the best. I appreciate you as always. Take care, Bruce. Thank right. you. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Pat Micheletti joining us on the radio show. We'll break here. I know we're late. It's 1031. Got news coming up. We'll recap the weekend. Good baseball news on both sides of the border. We'll get to all that on this Monday edition. Bruce Siski Show, 610-103.9 KDAL. Your Twin Ports home for UMD Bulldog Hockey. Shot score! UMD! KDAL. 1035. Yes, I know I'm late. We get we get going sometimes on conversations and rabbit holes and get distracted. What are you going to do? Enjoy the next couple of days. Rain's coming for Wednesday. Might see a shower this afternoon, but not as great a chance. We'll come back, recap the weekend. It's a lot of good news on the baseball side and not so much on the soccer side. All that to come on this Monday morning edition. Bruce Siski show continues after CBS News. It is 1036, 610, 103.9 KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. When you pull on that jersey represent yourself and your teammates and a name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back get that through your head again on 610 and fm 103.9 kdal 10 41 it's a monday morning tomorrow jeff reuter of the athletic will talk some minnesota united MLS into the League's Cup here starting this week. And Minnesota will not play an MLS match again until August 20th. They'll play anywhere from a couple of matches to seven over the next month or so during this month-long MLS break uh, for the League's Cup, which is being held between MLS and Liga MX out of Mexico. Minnesota will host Puebla out of Liga MX for a match on Sunday night at Allianz Field. So we'll talk about that, how that whole event's come together, what it's going to hopefully mean for North American soccer to have these leagues converge for this event, uh, I think, on an annual basis now starting this summer. And we'll also get into the the Messi acquisition in Miami, which was made official over the weekend. He'll debut this week. And the U.S. women will try to win a third consecutive World Cup. The World Cup starts this week in Australia and New Zealand. The U.S.'s first match will be against Vietnam on Friday night, our time in Australia. So all that with Jeff Reuter in what could be a very long and wide-ranging conversation on soccer on the radio show tomorrow. Then Wednesday, Matthew Collar of Purple Insider. We will preview Vikings training camp. We will also, I'm sure, discuss the Netflix show Quarterback, which debuted last week. Cousins is one of the three featured quarterbacks on that show, produced by Peyton Manning. This thing is really good. Now, it could, in my mind, go a little deeper into the football. Maybe it will. I'm only through three episodes so far. So maybe it goes deeper into the X's and O's part of football, and I would nerd out for that. I think it would be great. Now I can understand that might not be have the wide appeal, so I, I get if they don't do that. I won't be mad if they don't do that. I think there's a market for something like that, but maybe not on this platform and in, in, in the way that this is produced. But uh, it's uh, it's Cousins, it's Patrick Mahomes of, of Kansas City. Of course, they win the Super Bowl, so I'm sure that that's going to get talked about here as the show goes on. And then Marcus Mariota of then Atlanta, he gets benched 
during the season. And that's going to be interesting because I'm pretty sure from what I saw, the cameras were there when the coach told him he's benched. I'm sure that's going to be interesting to see how they present that. But uh, Kirk Cousins, to me, is almost the star of the show. And as a Packers fan, it kills me to say that. As a guy who loves to make fun of Kirk Cousins, it kills me to say that. But he comes across as extremely relatable, so far at least. And also tougher than a $2 steak. But I already knew that. If you watched the Vikings last year, you already knew Kirk Cousins was tough. You didn't need to be reminded of that watching this show, but some of the hits he, he that they got him taken, oh my goodness. So we'll talk to Matthew Caller about this show. I, I, it's fascinating. I, I love watching this stuff, the behind-the-scenes stuff. I'll, I geek out for it all the time. So uh, that'll be on Wednesday's radio show. Uh, also coming up uh, here in the next week or so, Andy Herman, Pack-A-Day podcast. We'll preview Packers training camp and the beginning of the Jordan Love experience. And really, I, you know, we, we won't get an answer to this for like a month. I think one of the most fascinating questions on this Packers team going into training camp is how much will Jordan Love play in the preseason? Because you might remember Aaron Rodgers was not playing in the preseason the last few years in Green Bay. And Matt LaFleur made that sound like it was by design. And he's off that Sean McVay coaching tree. And Sean McVay is known for not playing starters in the preseason. So I don't know what's going to happen here. It feels like a situation where Jordan Love needs to play. He needs to, but but they've got joint practices with two of their preseason opponents. Maybe he doesn't need to play. Uh, that's something we'll talk about as training camp approaches next week already. My goodness. So quickly this has come up on us. Good weekend for baseball. And I know the Twins are playing the Oakland A's. I get it, okay? I also want to remind you that about a month ago, the A's swept the Brewers in Milwaukee. And the Brewers were in first place in the NL Central at the time. Now they're back there. But that they at the time, they were in first. So I understand that the, the, the idea, well, it's just Oakland. Just like when they swept Kansas City a couple of weeks ago. It's just Kansas City. I get it, right? But three wins is three wins. And, you, you know, you're better off winning ugly than losing pretty. That whole bit, too. Uh, yesterday, down three zip early. Alex Kirilov and uh, Christian Vasquez both homered in the fifth inning. Kirilov has a three-run double in the seventh, and the Twins win 5-4. And they open up a two-and-a-half game lead now on the Texas Rangers in the AL Central. The, uh, sorry, the Cleveland Guardians of the AL Central. The Rangers swept the Guardians over the weekend in Arlington. So Cleveland falls back in the division a bit. Uh, Twins in Seattle starting tonight. That's a four-game series against the Mariners. 8.40 tonight. It will be uh, Sonny Gray, 4-3, 2.89. Logan Gilbert, 7-5, 3.66 will go tonight for the Mariners. Tomorrow, also an 8.40 start time. Bailey Ober for the Twins, 5-4, 2.91. Brian Wu, 1-1, 3.63 gets the nod tomorrow for Seattle. Uh, on Wednesday night, 8:40, Kenta Maeda, two and five, five point five. Luis Castillo for the Mariners, six and seven, two point nine six, and they'll close the series out with a matinee on Thursday, 2:40 start time here on KDAL. Pablo Lopez, five and five, four point two four for the Twins. George Kirby, eight and eight, three point four three, will go on Thursday 
for Arizona. Good weekend for the Brewers as well. As they go into Cincinnati, the fourth, fifth, and sixth of six straight games against the Reds, not only did they sweep the series, take first place in the NL Central by two games over the Reds. They nearly threw a combined no-hitter on Saturday and probably should have. Uh, Freddie Peralta allowed one hit that came in an infield single in the fourth inning, one pitch after a 2-2 pitch that was in the strike zone and called ball three. Next pitch, infield single, the only hit the Reds got all night. Uh, Back-to-back-to-back shutouts going back to last Sunday for the Brewers in this uh, season series, and they clinch the season series, which means if they tie in the NL Central, the Brewers have the tiebreaker, and that could be very, very important come October. We'll see. Uh, 4-3 final yesterday as the Brewers get that sweep. They have the day off today and are in Philadelphia starting tomorrow at 5.40. Julio Tehran, 2-3, 3.64. Aaron Nola for Philadelphia, 8-6, 4.39. On Wednesday at 5.40, left-hander Wade Miley for the Brewers, 6-2, 3.06. Philadelphia will also go with a left-hander Christopher Sanchez, 0-3, 3.26 on Wednesday night. And then on Thursday afternoon, Corbin Burns, 8-5, 3.73. Taiwan Walker for the Phils, 11-3, ERA at an even four. Reds, by the way, host the Giants. In case you're wondering about the NL Central race and the Twins, up 2.5 on Cleveland. The Guardians open a series in Pittsburgh against the Pirates this evening. I was not there at PSS, or I'm sorry, at a Walt Hunting Stadium or Hiking and Field. The old PSS at Denfeld on Saturday. The heartbreaking end for the Duluth FC season. Brandon Veal wrote about it at DuluthNewsTribune.com. He was there uh, looking at that and reading the that account of the match. It felt like maybe an overzealous official. 13 yellow cards, 10 of them on Duluth. Duluth had three players sent off in this match for yellow card accumulation, which means they finished at 8 on 11 and fell in extra time to Med City FC 2-1 on a goal in the 114th minute. And then Med City out of Rochester held on from there to advance to this week's Midwest Division semis. Great year for Duluth. They finished 12-1-1. Hats off. A very uh, volunteer-driven group uh, running Duluth FC and they have done a tremendous job building that program over the years. It's just tough to see it end the way it did on Saturday. And Minnesota United, another draw at home. They're sixth in ten home matches this season, 1-1 versus LAFC. You always take a point, right? And you'll always take a point, especially when you're playing the defending league champions. But that felt like a match that Minnesota needed to win because they dominated a big, big chunk of that affair on Saturday. 10.50, wrap it up in a moment. Bruce Siski show on a Monday on KDAL. Sound off with Brad Bennett. Middays on KDAL. 10.59, it's a Monday. Hopefully you don't have a case of the Mondays. Oh, we're back tomorrow. Off top of the show, we're talking some soccer and a lot of it. Jeff Reuter of the Athletic Minnesota United. Plenty going on there. The new additions making an impact. Emmanuel Reynoso playing at a level I've not seen him play at. Women's World Cup preview as well with Jeff.
That's all tomorrow. Brad Bennett, Kenny up next. Sound off. Comes your way after a news update. Have a great Monday. Thank you for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No. Yes. No. Well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. This is your home for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 103.9 W280 FDFM and AM 610 KDAL Duluth Superior.